0: Trusting God okay with the subtitle because if you and I go to achieve our vision and our dreams this part is critical with the subtitle God is a generous provider God is a generous provider I see many people I've seen many people come to me okay with very big great dreams awesome dreams fantastic dreams that You know, the biggest challenge they have is in the area of finances. And this is not limited to just you as a young adult. Okay? This is, this comes across. There are people that have been pastoring churches for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and even more that are still struggling with understanding this concept. You know, because Satan understands, Satan knows that if you and I, as Christians, particularly for us, that our heart is attuned to the things of God if we have financial dominance financial dominion we are going to do a lot of damage to his kingdom so it tries to keep us ignorant and we begin to have inability to trust God in this area so this is a very important topic okay that sets the foundation foundation for us to for you and I to really be able to trust God as our provider Okay, so we're going to look at just about three or four concepts within this today, and I believe it's going to bless you tremendously. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we honor you and thank you and give you the glory. As you explore your word today, you are the great provider. We pray you will manifest yourself in the lives of your children today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 2 to 6 first kings chapter 17 verse two to six many 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 years ago over 15 years ago i was going through some challenges financially and the church was also going through a lot of challenges financially this was 2004 all right and god inspired me to go deeper into the world so in my search okay or for a breakthrough within the word of God is how I found this. Okay, as at the time I found this revelation, it did not look like things were going to change. I mean, the circumstances were grievous. But this this revelation, and I, I built on it, broke the backbone of the enemy. So this is very important. First Kings 17 from verse 2. The word of the Lord came to him. Him in this verse is talking about Elijah the prophet okay saying, get away from here turn eastward and hide by the brook chariot which flows into the Jordan it shall be that you shall drink from the brook I've commanded the ravens to feed you there so he went and did according to the word of the Lord for he went and stayed by the brook chariot which flows into the Jordan The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Okay? And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Father, we honor you. We thank you. Blessed be your name once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is a generous provider that's the subtitle okay our title is trusting in god okay part two subtitle god is a generous provider and this is important because if we're going to put our trust in god one if we're going to get provisions for our vision then we need to know who is going to be the provider of the provision all right so I started seeing. Number one, God is a generous provider. How so? So these are the things you have to concepts, principles you have to understand. The first principle you have to understand that will enable you and I to trust God as a provider is this: God's provisions exist before man's need. Okay, the provisions of God. They exist before the needs of man. So, no matter your needs, no matter my needs, the provisions God has made available to meet those needs, they existed before those needs came about. So, in other words, this was very comforting to me then because normally, in the natural, when I was growing up, you know, and I probably go to my parents when I was in university. To tell them you know maybe they've asked us to bring something in school or to buy a book or to buy so do some things that will cost money you know in the family i grew up my dad is a very great guy my mom great great man late now but great woman you know they they just didn't always have it so when i asked them that you know what this is where i'm required to have this and this and this in school they usually say give me some time so they will usually go take some time and figure out a way how they're going to get the money for you know to, to do it so if you are not careful if you come from such a background or things like that and you are coming to god you might think that when you have a need god is also trying to figure out how to get how to meet your need but i realized from scripture that that is not how it works at all the provision already exists so let's look at verse 2 again of first Kings 17 the word of the Lord came to Elisha. Elijah saying, keep going. Get away from here. See what God says. God said, get away from here where you are. Go to the brook chariot, okay? Which flows into the Jordan, all right? So it was still where God was speaking to him. And God says, go to the brook chariot, which was still some distance away. And look at what God said. God says, hide there. Verse four, God said, it shall be you will drink from the brook chariot. I have commanded pastors commanded pastors the ravens to feed you there so god was speaking to elijah let's assume where we are now as a church in mississauga god was saying to him get to let's say for example niagara falls okay where you have you know the water and all of that goes niagara falls it's about one hour 30 minutes from here and god said before you get to that place where you would not have a need have already commanded the ravens to feed you there so, God has already made the provisions before Elijah got to the place where he would be confronted with the need. So, your need is not what comes first. God's provision is what comes first. All right? The implication of this principle is this when you are I have a need, you need $10,000, you need $25,000 to start your business, you need $5,000 to execute a particular aspect of a business or something please understand this the first when you approach god the, if you understand this principle the first implication and when i when i got this revelation i needed over a million dollars at that time all right this was 2004 you know for the ministry at that time which is not a small amount of money even now a million dollars is a lot of money but you can imagine in 2004 it was it was i mean a gigantic amount of money but when you have that need, your approach to God to show you understand this, is that when you go to God, first and foremost, Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you to you. You appreciate God, you honor God. Then you let him know, you know the provision exists to cover this need. Father, I want to thank you. you know, I know, Father, that you, the provisions exist to cover my present need. This need, O oh God of heaven, has not caught you by surprise. You have made provisions before I got confronted with this need. So, Father, I want to give you the praise. You know, in the New Testament, when Jesus was going to feed the 5,000 people, that's exactly what he did. You know, he lifted up his eyes, he took what he had, and he said, you know, the pieces of fish and bread he had, and he said, Father, I thank you. What was he saying? He was thanking God because the provision existed before the 5,000 men and their families showed up, okay, and now had a need to be fed. This is very important. One of the reasons why it's very difficult for many of us to access, okay, the provisions that God has put in place. You keep reading the scripture, the silver and gold is mine, God is the provider. You're wondering, how am I going to access it? It's because... We go to God with the mindset that, Lord, you know, look at all my bills. I need twenty-five thousand dollars. I need ten thousand dollars in my own case. At that time, I need a million dollars to do what I have to do in ministry, and hoping that God would do it. You know, God, disabled I don't know how you're going to do it, and all of that. And we, we even tell God that we said, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but Lord, I pray that you provide for me. And God is saying, Look at this small girl. Look at this young boy. The provision existed before you confronted the need. Thank me for that first. That is an exercise of your faith. So believe that the ravens had been commanded. The ravens had been commanded before you got deer. God told Elijah, "Go dear Before you get deer, where you meet the need, the ravens had received the commandment to feed you deer. So you are not the first person to get there. The ravens got there before you. You are not the first person to go there. The ravens got there. They were looking for you before you got there. Provision was waiting for you. Listen to me. This principle is all throughout the Bible. You know, God said to Abraham, "Take Isaac, your son, your only son, whom you love." Genesis chapter forty-two, sorry, chapter twenty-two, verse one. Go and sacrifice him on the mountain that I will show you. So God pointed him to the mountain of Moriah. You know, Abraham woke up early in the morning, grabbed his son. They went on the mountain. When they got to the mountain you know Isaac was even asking his father he said I can see the fire I can see the wood where is the sacrifice where's the lamb?" Abraham said you know what Abraham was making positive confession he said the Lord will provide himself a lamb when Abraham got there and set up the altar took a knife you know and symbolically was going to sacrifice Isaac the Bible says the angel said don't sacrifice him open up his eyes and he saw a ram that was caught in the bush there. Now, the question is when did that ram get there? Did the ram get there just as Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac? The answer is no, because the ram was caught in the bush, which basically in those days means the ram was lost. The ram was lost. So God allowed the ram to be lost. It was hidden there in the bush, flagged in the bush, and Abraham could not see it. Abraham only saw it when he made the action of sacrifice. But that ram got there before Abraham climbed the mountain. Before you climb the mountain to get to the place where you're having this need, guaranteed is there. Another example, Matthew chapter 17, in the scriptures. I think it's from verse 24. Peter walked in and told was about to tell Jesus about the temple tax. Peter never spoke to Jesus about it. Peter was there, Peter had been embarrassed outside. As he came in, he was about to tell Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus and Anticipated him. I love that. I love the scripture. Jesus anticipated him and asked him, He said, Peter, who should pay taxes? Is it the strangers or the sons? He said, strangers. Jesus said, Okay, then the strangers the sons are free. He said, But we don't want to offend them. So go take your hook, go to the go to the you know the the, 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 the river, draw in the hook. The first fish you catch, bring it up, open them out, you the mouth, you'll find a coin there. The question is that how where did the coin come from? Did the coin come from the most logical explanation? Is that obviously somebody that had gone there, like Peter, before another fisherman or passerby, had dropped a coin that the fish thought was food and had swallowed? Okay, can you imagine that? So, God had already made the provision before the people that will make the request on Peter from Peter about the temple tax, it was embarrassing Peter. So, when anybody is making a demand on you maybe it's a bill to pay a bill or there's some request on you financially please understand the provision is somewhere around you it's around you God will never allow you to enter a season of need without you first passing through a season of provision that season of provision is there. you might not have seen it but it's there you need to have this confidence in God God is a generous provider that's the first thing this thing This principle I've just shared with you is so critical that last year when when the whole lockdown happened And everybody was thinking what's going to happen to churches across the world? You know, particularly in the western world that we're shutting down And for us in House of Praise that we just got into a new project, a new building You know, these are the same principles that I went back to again That assured me that that is only going to be good news for us as a church You see? So that's the first principle The second principle is this For some of you, and some of us, we have experienced provision of God in time past. We experienced some provision in time past. Maybe, I was like, oh, Father, thank you. You know, something happened to me. I was expecting X amount of money, and suddenly somebody somewhere remembered me and gave me, ah, wow, amazing. Then something creeps into your mind immediately. You know, maybe minutes, hours, days, weeks, after that particular experience to say, don't think it will always be like this, though. You know, this is just a one-off. I want you to understand. The second principle is this: the provisions of God are consistent. The provision of God is consistent. Please write it down. Consistent. Look at it. First Kings chapter seventeen, verse six. First Kings chapter seventeen, verse six. The Bible says the ravens brought him bread and meat. Notice this: in the morning. And bread and meat in the evening. Bread and meat in the morning. Bread and meat in the evening. Consistent. Consistent. They did that until the brook dried up. The commandment that God gave Elijah is that keep going. You know, as a matter of fact, if you look deeper into this story, and take time to study, you will see what I'm about to tell you now take time you realize that elijah only left when the brook dried up not when the raven stopped the bible never said the raven stopped the bible says and the brook dried up give me the scripture and the brook dried up verse seven after a while the brook dried up the brook dried up then the word of the lord came to him again in verse eight i said move on the bible never said and the raven stopped So one day when I was studying this deeply, I asked, I said, God, what happened? The brooks dried up. So what happened to the ravens? Why did the brook dry up? And I realized, the ravens were bringing bread and meat. The brook was supplying fluid, okay, water to Elijah. And God showed me from this story that I never commanded the brook to provide water. I commanded the ravens. Whatever God has commanded to produce for you, Will produce for you consistently. See, the one you and I find are the ones that dry up. (laughs) I said the the ones you and I find, anything you find, anything that dries up is because you are the one that found it. And I'm the one that found the ones you and I found, they're the ones that eventually they dry up. But the ones God commands that commandment, the Bible said he commanded and he stood fast. You know, that's it. He commanded it's too fast. God said, Let there be light there's been light now for billions of years let there be light there's light that's it you know but God I you know I have this picture in my mind that the day after Elijah stood up and left because the brook has dried up and God commanded the widow to feed him and he was on his way to the widow's house following morning the ravens came and still brought bread and meat and the what is wrong with the man where's that man isn't that amazing that the provision god has given is the same commandment the same person that gave a commandment and the earth was formed is giving a commandment to certain individuals to certain institutions that they should provide for you in the name of jesus i stand on his behalf today i command individuals that are carrying your provision to release them into your hands i command institutions that are carrying your provision to release them into your hands I command the government of Canada, the government of whatever country you are in that is holding on to what belongs to you to release them into your hands in the name of Jesus Christ. God said, I commanded the ravens. And the ravens could not refuse. Ravens are not human beings. You wonder, how did the ravens hear the commandment of God? Why won't they hear? They understand. They understand. The ravens heard. The ravens heart. So the first principle is that. The provision is waiting before the need arises. Second principle, the provision is consistent. It will not dry up. Oh, somebody say it will not dry up. It will not dry up. Come on, look at your provision and say to yourself, it will not dry up. It will not dry up. Come on, say to yourself, it will not dry up. Assure yourself, it will not dry up. Open your mouth and say that. Let Satan hear it. It will not dry up and that's right it will not dry up it will not dry up it will not dry up so the second the third principle here is this the provisions of god number 1 exist before the need exists second principle the provisions are consistent the third principle the provisions are miraculous they are miraculous god said i have commanded the ravens naturally ravens eat meat okay they like flesh ravens are according to people that study this they are, and, and, and particularly in bible times ravens are some of the most selfish birds very very stingy very selfish okay so selfish that they tell us that ravens don't even want to feed their children that's how bad it is in other words the areas in which they have obligation, they don't even want to do that. But for God to now command the ravens, ravens, to bring it. Number two, ravens are known to be dirty beds Dirty. But the ravens are not the ones bringing bread, are bringing it. And the Bible never said Elijah fell sick, which means that for some reason the bread and the meat they were bringing somehow was clean, was clean. They were so dirty, but they could not corrupt what they were bringing to Elijah. You see, my point here is this. It is miraculous. And this is, I think, the turning point in this whole idea of God being a generous provider. You have to understand that the provisions of God are miraculous. In other words, it will take faith to unlock it. It will take faith. If it's anything you hear, miraculous, miracle, so on and so forth, Note that it means it will take faith to unlock it. It's not, going to, it's not going to answer to logic only. Okay? It will not answer to that. It will require faith. This is where giving is important. Okay? This is where giving is important. This is where you and I must note then and begin to exercise ourselves in the area of giving. You know? In the area of giving, by the grace of the Almighty God, uh, God has helped me. You know, myself and my wife, we have a very good understanding in this area of giving. We have grace in that area of giving, but I can't remember any year, including the year I gave my car as a seat. I can't remember any year, in maybe except maybe in 20, except maybe in 2014. 2015 I'm not sure but I, I doubt it though that i would given as much as I gave last year in the pandemic I can't remember true, we're just my, my wife and I we're just giving very serious seed that we're just sowing you have to give you have to give anything, let me say this to you anything that we told you from giving, is withholding you from God's miraculous provision. It's as simple as that. you know. Because, you see, the, 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 some, of, some of them might say, well, God is the God of love. God is love. If, if he, he knows I have this need, if he, he can meet it. And I know, you know, it's amazing that sometimes you know, in church, when people, when we, you know, receive offerings in church, and we want to pray, sometimes we pray for the offerings, and sometimes we also have to add a politically correct prayer. <laughs> you know, we have to add the politically correct dimension. It's not scriptural at all, but we, we, still, we add it because too many people get offended, you know. So, but the church is added and say, Father, we thank you for all those that are giving today. Lord bless them and everything. And Father, if by chance there's anybody here that does not have anything to give, Father, we pray that like you will bless them too, you know. That, <laughs> you know, that's the, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a politically correct prayer that has no foundation of the scripture. You check the scripture. Let's look at a few scriptural verses. A few scriptural verses. <laughs> few scriptural verses. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. This is Jesus Christ teaching it. Jesus teaching. He said, Give it to me in the New Living Translation. That, that's better. He said, Give. Jesus is speaking here. Jesus is speaking. Give. And You will receive you know, it is a gift and God will receive it It is a gift and the person that you are giving to will receive it You know, it's amazing. He said you it focused on the on the giver. He said give you will receive the giver will receive He said your gift will return to you in full. You see that press down shaking together to make room for more Running over and poured into your lap now look at the next sentence the amount you give we determine the amount you get back. You know, it's amazing that we don't believe what the Bible is saying. It's obvious we don't believe it. You know, that's why I say it's a politically correct prayer. The amount you give is the amount that you get back. So I don't give anything. The amount I give is zero. So what is the amount I'm going to get back? It's zero. I mean, this is what Jesus is saying. Someone says, "Oh, but God is kind." God, you have to understand. There's a difference between what is called mercy drops and God's provision. You see, mercy drops will never get you anywhere. It might keep you on a survival, put in survival mode to survive until another day when you will learn it. Okay? To just keep you going, tie you over for a day or two. But don't live your life based on mercy drops. The children of Israel never, never achieved anything eating manna. All the people that ate manna, they died in the wilderness, except two. Except Joshua and Caleb. Everybody that ate manna, they never built houses with manna. They never started businesses with manna. They didn't achieve greatness eating manna. But the first day they ate the produce of the land, Joshua chapter 5, the Bible says the manna ceased. But once the manna ceased, they were not able to enter into Jericho. They conquered land. In that land, they conquered, they started building, they started developing. You see? So don't wait for manner. Start understanding the principle of giving. You will have to give. You will have to may I say this to you, you will have to give. Give give your tithes, give offerings in church, but beyond that, beyond that, give to the poor. Give to the poor. Give to those in need. Sow seeds particularly to those of the household of faith Okay, particularly, you know, I, I see many young girls sometimes I see young girls particularly when we're still in the previous building Pre-pandemic we have a service in church Maybe ignite church service like this or maybe regular service, service. and I see young girls Or we have a meeting and they're hanging around and I say oh, hello guys um, Hope you guys um I figured out. No, I just see a bunch of them talking together I said, oh, I hope you guys have figured out how to get home. Oh, they said, oh, yeah, 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 pastor, I'll figure figured out how to get home. You know, maybe one or two of them have cars, you know. In those days, they're like bunching together, you know. And another two or three don't have cars. So one day, I was having a conversation with the, you know, with the younger lot. And I said, oh, how are you, how are you? I, I, I hope it wasn't too late, you're to getting home. He said, no, 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 if of mine dropped me, you know, we got to the gas station first, I had to buy gas in the car. Oh, I said, oh yeah, okay. I said we bought gas in the car. I said, oh, okay, praise God. You just wanted to be blessing. He said, yes, but also, you know, when this person drops me, sometimes I will buy the gas. The next time they will buy the gas. So we have to share it. I said, wow, really? I said, I don't understand this internet generation anymore. This, let me say this to you, that is very fantastic, naturally, but that's very dumb spiritually. I have to be very honest with you, you know, I don't have anything to You know, I have to let you know. That's not smart, spiritually at all. The one that pays for the gas is the one that God will fuel their destiny. That's just the way it works, you know. You know, in, you know, in this country, if I'm doing a birthday party, like, like, you know, and I invite you, you know, you, you pay for the food. I, just, <laughs> you know, I tell you, uh, I invite 20 of my friends. Oh, I'm taking all of them to the restaurant. All right. Then the restaurant... They come in, the better comes and said, um, and gives everybody their bill. And it's my own birthday party. Ha. I I find it, I count it very insulting for me to go to I go to a place sometimes. Maybe I take a group of people out, and you know, the better comes in and said, Is it going to be singular bill? I said, Stop that, please. Stop that. When you ask if it's singular, bill, you see me sitting down here with these people. You asking if it's going to be. Right Will I not allow this young man, 23-year-old, to be paying. For the food for his own food and now be cursing me as he's going home. I said, No, 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 Please just bring one single baby, please. And stop harassing me. You know, these are very important. It's the one that pays. The one that pays might look like a fool naturally. But the one if you have a car, I mean, you're going, to, it's the direction of your house. You're gonna drop a friend of yours and you're putting pressure, you're, the pressure is through your attitude for them to always buy gas in your car. That is not smart spiritually. That's not smart. Topsy and I, when we were young adults in London, England, you know, we had a sister who is also a pastor. Her name used to be Bolan Ajayi. She's not Bolan Ajayi. You know, Bolan Ajayi, Pastor Bolan Ajayi. She, for about a year, she used to, she wasn't even, she wasn't living near us. She would drive maybe another 20 minutes or so, pick us up from Hackney in London. And take us all the way to not acting. Okay, where the church was located at that time. You know, this was about a 40 minutes journey. 30 to 40, 35 to 40 minutes journey. The, she was first driving about 15 minutes to our house. There were days when she got to our house. She said had to wait for five minutes before we came down from you know from, from our from our from our place where we we're staying. You know, and she did it joyfully and all of that. She saw that seed right now god blessed her she she got married and everything god blessed her tremendously incredible blessing god blessed her you know she couldn't even i'm sure if i tell her she wouldn't even remember she just did all this out of her heart these are very important concepts there was a time when there was a lady uh you know that wasn't coming to church she had a challenge so she couldn't come to church you know she has children husband was out of the country so, for some reason, she couldn't come to church and she has a health challenge. So, I just bought my car, my old, old previous car. Um, you know, it was Honda. So, I Honda So I, I had that car. At that time, you know, it was, you know, the car was kind of like new and all of that. So, uh, you know, it was still it was very, very okay. So, I'll come to church, I'll drive to church. Once I get to church, I mandated somebody. I said, you... Take the car every Sunday. I just give you the person the key. The person will take the car, go all the way to this lady's house, and bring the lady to church. Some days, because the lady had a challenge, she would get there. You know, she had mental health challenges. She would, the guy, This guy would get to the lady's house. The lady would say, "I'm not coming to church today." Tell pastor because she had mental health challenges. So the guy would drive all the way back. Okay, and i pray. I'll, then I'll call the lady later on in the evening and said What happened, madam? We didn't see you in church today. She said, Oh, yeah, she didn't come today. She doesn't feel like I'll pray for her again. Maybe she's gone, she's gone into deep depression again. We I said, but every Sunday, keep the car there. Keep taking the car there. You know, this was a very important concept. So I'm not surprised that God started uh, opening up blessing because this thing is miraculous. You know, the more selfish, the more we withhold. Okay, the, the farther away God's provision Okay, are from us The more we are unable to see God's provision Very important Alright, number four The provisions of God are mirac- miraculous Number one They exist before they need Number two, they're consistent Number three, they're miraculous Number four the provisions of God are specific. I'll explain what that means. The provisions of God are never generalized. They are very specific. God, there is something about God that many Christians don't understand. Um, and I first really had this phrase I'm about to say now, a sentence from the General of Assia Pastor Adeboye in 2007 when he came to us to pray and after his ministration topsy and I went to see him in his hotel room along the line when we were just you know having a just a conversation just general conversation about many things he said something he said you know god is shrewd said so god is very shrewd so i said okay god is shrewd all right then he now said something he said if you see that people That jesus came directly into their culture he said you know jesus when he came you know he was a jew you know he came into the jewish culture right you know the samaritan woman said that he said how come you a jew you've been a jew he's talking to me samaritan he said if you see them you will see how shrewd the jews are he said they took that that's their culture. That mindset he said god is a shrewd manager god does not like to waste resources what this means is this God will never sponsor a vision. He did not initiate God will not pay for a project. He did not command These are very important concepts, so we cannot assume then We can't assume then that oh, I know with with God a lot of things are possible I know God can do it and just step out on your own Okay without getting clarity and direction from God God will never pay for what he did not order. He will never sponsor a project he did not initiate. Keep that in mind. He told Elijah, he said, I've commanded the ravens to feed you deer. I've commanded the ravens to feed you deer.' If Elijah said, since you have commanded the ravens, I, was, I can't go all the way to that place. I'll stay here. I'll stay here. Those, the ravens they'll find me here. The ravens never find Elijah because the ravens, they have the commandment is very simple: take bread, take meat, take you to that specific location and drop it. Okay, take you to that specific location and drop it. That's it. So you and I, he told, God told um, uh, Abraham, take your son, you got to sacrifice him on the mountain. I will show you not on don't sacrifice him on any mountain but on the mountain i will show you genesis 22 verse 2 the mountain i will tell you so you have to wait for god to tell you the mountain okay so don't just run with anything just just run with anything it has to be what god has commanded you when we're doing the project of this building for example that cost you know quite a sizable chunk of money you know, with everything we're gonna buy in India at a time when it looked like in the natural it was gonna look a little challenging it Was looking challenging one thing that kept me going was that I did not initiate it I know I had God clearly about coming here I know I had God clearly I know what God told me I know what God told me about it it's very important this is very, very important, particularly because we live in a world right now that is consumer-driven. Consumer-driven. People don't pray about things anymore. They just look at what, you know, what is trending. What is trending? Where are my friends? What are my friends doing? That's what everybody's doing right now. Come on, let's go ahead and do it. And it does not succeed. It does not succeed. Okay? Just because everybody is doing it does not mean you should do it. Okay, if everybody's doing it the very minimum you can do is to ask God at least do a prayer of inquiry Lord shall we do it shall I go into this or shall I not go into it Lord I want to sense your timing on this Lord I want to know if I should go into it or not and particularly if you can pray in tongues then pray in tongues just go ahead and pray in tongues then whatever you sense at the end of that the Bible says I will hear what God will say to me Psalm 85 verse 8 the Lord will give him peace. He will speak peace to his people. So, if you don't feel any sense of peace in your heart, then you wait. You check again. You can seek counsel from people that are a bit more spiritually mature because God's provisions are specific. They're specific. Okay? Finally, number five, I believe this is. Okay? Let me just give you one more. Number five, God's provisions are not only consistent, miraculous, specific. God's provisions are also endless. In other words, let me say this to you. Once God opens the provision to you, you are the only one that can stop it. When God opens it, it doesn't stop. You are the one that will now determine the limit to which you're the one that, would, that can limit it you know i found this out about god many years ago and i found it out you know in this world and i found it out by experience cleanly life you are the one that can put a limit on it you know when elisha told the widow he told the widow he said go and borrow vessels don't borrow a few how many vessels did elisha tell the widow to borrow he didn't put a number on it. He just said don't borrow a few. Don't borrow a few. What does it don't what does what does don't borrow a few? What does it mean? How many numbers does that translate into? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five, hundred, two hundred? What is what is don't borrow a few? How do you calculate don't borrow a few? Well, don't borrow a few means keep borrowing until you're tired. That's what it means. Gather all the verses you know how to gather until you're tired notice it didn't say only from you the village where you are so if the woman had brought a thousand vessels for example the oil will never have ceased because the oil only ceased when there was no longer any vessel i saw this in the old testament and i thought to myself come to think of it this is very strange then i now saw okay in the new testament in the book of john chapter 2 the first miracle jesus did Verse six, John chapter two, verse six. The Bible says there were there six water pots of stone. You can see that. So these are the wedding. There were six water pots of stone. These water pots usually, when visitors come for the when people come for the wedding, you know, because of course in those days there was no hard road with asphalt, right? So people take water from these water pots to purify themselves to wash their hands. They wash their faces, you know, wash their elbows and so on, you know, and, you know, wash their legs too. Okay, this is just, their traditional purification that the Jews, they do. People in the Middle East do it normally, naturally. Anyway, so the Bible says it contains about 20 to 30 gallons. A gallon is about 4 liters. One gallon is about 4 liters, okay, approximately. So let's say 30 gallons, that's 120 liters. All right, now let's look at what Jesus said to them. So, Jesus said, fill the water pots with water. This thing it was revolutionary for me many years ago when I saw it. Fill the water pots with water. How many water pots did Jesus tell them to fill? He didn't give them a number. Fill, it with the, fill, the, fill them with water. Excuse me, sir, to what extent? One third? Half? He didn't tell them. You fill it with water. But the Bible says these people were wise. They filled that those water pots with water to the brim. Jesus didn't tell them to fill it to the brim. They filled it to the brim. They filled it to the brim. And when they filled it to the brim, the water turned into wine. So if they have filled it to only 10% because, please, what is this? We tell we want wine. It's telling us water. Let's just put some things there. Okay, we've done what they said we should do. That they will have limited the miraculous in their own lives you have to understand the provisions of God are endless you and I are the ones that can put a limit to it so as powerful, as omnipotent as God is, there are certain things, you know, you know sometimes we say some statements, and I, and I understand the intention behind those statements but those statements are actually not technically correct, we say things like, there's nothing God cannot do okay that's not true There are things God cannot do. Somebody might say, Oh, the pastor, is that heresy? No, that's very biblical. There are some things God cannot do. Okay? For example, the Bible says, It is impossible for God to lie. The Bible says that in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, it is impossible for by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 8. So one impossibility that God has, if I can put it that way, respectfully to God and reverently, is that God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Because what he says something, that's what he becomes. So though we say that, and I understand the intention, and it's okay to say it, it's okay to say it, I understand the intention. But I'm just you, technically and theologically, there are some things God cannot do. For example, he cannot lie. Another thing God will not do, not that he cannot do it, he can do it, but he has chosen not to do it, is to override our free will. He will not override your free will and my free will. God will never overpower your choice. He will give you options, but never. He will give you options, he will give you and I instructions and options, but never override our will. Okay? So note that, if you understand this concept about God, you will not be waiting for god to just do something you will be waiting for god to give you the instructions so that you can do your part for god for you to be able to enter into the path god has done so how then see i have a few things more things there but let me leave the rest for another day how then do we unlock god's generous provision if god is a generous provider how do we unlock it i want to be able to unlock this generous provision how so let, let's, let's let me just tell you two things the first important thing and this is not an addendum this is a very important thing to unlock god's provision is thanksgiving thanksgiving that's right particularly the thanksgiving that comes out of your heart and your mouth When you are yet to see physical manifestation of the provision, the thanksgiving that comes out of your heart and your mouth, when you are yet to see the physical manifestation, okay, that is critical. I remember how I would come into this building, you know, when the project was still going on, (laughs) days when I would come into this building and I would stand here in the sanctuary. And these were days when I would probably need about half a million dollars in one week. And I would stand there and I would lift my hands to thank God that the ministry even got to the point that it can, it can require a building like this for the next phase. You know, you see, one of the key things that for sure, without a doubt, would definitely put a limit in your life is... Complaints and ingratitude. You will need you and I will need to work on that. Sometimes people need ten thousand dollars, twenty-five thousand dollars to be able to do something. Twenty-five thousand dollars, and then they get five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. They look at the thousand dollars. I'm still going to twenty-five. I have only one thousand dollars. What am I going to do with that? Then you know they get so depressed, so down. And we've all been there. I know I'm not knocking you at all. You know, I'm not knocking you. I also have to learn this thing, okay? And then you put it down. What is all of this? What is this? Look at how fast. I don't know if even know if I should continue with this thing. Look at where I'm still going. Where am I going to get the rest? What you and I should do, and it's not it doesn't come to us naturally. It's something you have to choose to do. And I'm telling you what I have what I have to do. You know, when I started this project, that's what I did. I looked at how much we had, which was sizable. I look at how much they think saying we're going to need okay let's start i took what we had you know of course i couldn't take it in my hands all of it <laughs> i just printed it out and i told them to give me a print top of they gave me and i, and I took the print, printed paper i lifted it up before god you thank god for the one that has reached your hand that's what jesus did father i thank you for this thousand dollars i give you praise lord to god to you be glory Thank you for providing a whole thousand dollars, Lord. I know that $25,000 is what the demand is and the request is for me in this season. But I want to thank you for what you have done already. A whole thousand dollars you have given to me. What a great God you are. What a mighty God. Thanksgiving unlocks God's provisions. Thanksgiving unlocks God's provision. Thanksgiving unlocks God's provision. Thanksgiving is the first thing. You know, God. Did not change the manner he gave children of Israel for 40 days. They were tired of it because when they got the manner in the first day, what they said is, What is this? Which is the meaning of manna? The literal meaning of manna is, What is this? What is this? And one man of God, when I had a meeting with him in 2013, and he was explaining Thanksgiving to me, he said to me, He said, The children of Israel said, What is this? And God said, That is it said, <laughs> and God said, that is it You know, you and I can have that attitude of What is this? What is this? We always have to thank God Father, we thank you Thank you To you be the glory forevermore Thank you You know, I'm at the point in my life right now like When I get bills You know, and I get obligations I have to meet You know, whether I'm in ministry Or in my personal life I first thank God for the bill I said to myself it's not everybody that is at the level whereby they even get a bill like this some people have never never seen an invoice requesting them to make a payment that runs into six figures that runs into seven figures so Lord the fact that you can I'm I'm even at the point in my lifetime that I can be serving in a ministry that will have an obligation this big you know some people see differently some say ah well, how am i where am i going to start from look at how big the bill is i say to god that i'm even I'm, i can even i can be in a ministry that has this kind of obligation lord i say thank you to you this is incredible thank you for bringing me to this point this thanksgiving because i have learned is the first thing to unlock unlock the provision that's number one number two is giving 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 you have to give can two walk together except they agree you cannot walk with a generous god if you are not a generous person Amos chapter 3 verse 3 you can't you cannot walk with a generous god if you are not a generous person you must be a giver there is no shortcut there's no other way you know I, I, you know I, it will be very very easy and very nice to say Oh, You know what happened during the pandemic when everybody was struggling and it pleased God that his church house of praise and Ignite Church, did Not struggle is because you know God just decided to favor us That's technically not true, that's not completely true Okay, if you say it that way then people will never be able to replicate it One day while I was thanking God I was thanking God. I was brushing my teeth I spoke to Topsy. I said you know topsy this is amazing what God has done? So I was brushing my teeth and, and I, I, I said God, I don't know why did God favor us this much? I want to know what we did so we can continue to repeat it. And while I was brushing my teeth and I heard the voice of God clear, because you helped other churches. And I remember before the pandemic in 2018, 2019, when we already knew we were going to do this project, God set us up and we're helping a lot of churches to buy their own buildings, Giving them money to close their own transactions, giving them money to do different things, buying buses for bought some buses for some ministries. Okay, they want to pick up their congregation. We did all of this. There was one particular church. I remember one particular one. The church was about to close. The pastor himself had not only put down a lot of money, he had refinanced his own house, pulled down some money from his credit line. Added the church had contributed everything they can contribute. And they've raised a particular amount of money, but they were still significantly short. So the pastor, you know, asked for help. And I told him, okay, let's see some documentation and all of that. Sending the documentation, you know, for, for our own uh, process here. And I spoke to some of our leaders and I said, you know what, well, let's help these people. The pastor was probably expecting us to, you know, just help them maybe halfway or some, some way. When the pastor got to know that we're going to pay for everything. He was so shocked. He was so, you know, so happy, so excited. God just wiped away in shame. God reminded me that those seed that you sold, and how much was the money? How much was the money? was just $20,000 or something like that. It wasn't the amount of money that is the money for life. $20,000 or something, you know, which is sizable, don't get me wrong, but for crying out loud, it's not $20 million. You know, but what that $20,000 seed did for us, You know many many more like we did you know operation what's called now christmas child easter lunch on jesus all those things that we did god remembered it because psalm 20 tells us that let's look at it from verse one psalm 20 from verse one it says may not hear you answer you in the day of trouble may the name of the god of jacob defend you ah this scripture is very emotional for me may the lord answer you in the day of trouble May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May the Lord, he said, he said, verse 2 says, May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. Verse 3, may he remember all your offerings. May he remember your offerings. And see that your offerings, look at verse 4 now, is tied to the fulfillment of your purpose. You know, so you, you find a lot of people don't understand this. Your offering is tied to the fulfillment of your purpose the bigger you think your purpose is the more generous it should be in your offerings your offering is tied to the fulfillment of your purpose may you fulfill all of your purpose very important so Thanksgiving number one we're talking about how to unlock it number two giving giving what we give okay number three find something to do how do we unlock it find something to do i found something out god's provisions never come to us in bed it never comes to you in bed now the biggest i'm going to you know please understand i'm not knocking anybody i'm telling you what is the biblical truth okay even if you feel offended a little bit but please note that i'm saying this to you with a heart of love to help you all right part of the biggest challenge that america is having today and some people in canada also the canadian government also is tuning towards that area is because they're turning the whole country into a welfare state God never blesses handouts. let hear me out. The fact that somebody will not walk and sit down and say, I'm not working, I'm not working," And say, well, you know, I'm receiving so and so and so from the government. If I go out and work, I have to put my children in daycare. If I put them in daycare, you know, I pay $1,000. Let's assume, just, you know, assume illustration. $1,000 for them. I pay for transportation back and forth. Three hundred dollars, just assuming that's thirteen hundred. So, if I work, I will get three thousand dollars a month. So that was seventeen hundred that will be left with me. You know, if I do that, it's only seventeen hundred. But if I don't work, I don't do anything. I get two thousand dollars from the government. It's better I don't work. That is is better on the natural plane logically, but that is a death sentence to the person's future. God does not bless idle hands the Bible says it will bless the works of our hands Psalm 1 verse 3 says whatever we lay our hands on not whatever we lay our back on Whatever we lay our hands on shall prosper So what the people don't understand is that the very fact that you are waking up morning afternoon or evening? whatever shifts you're doing and you are going to work is a signal to heaven that you are a productive soul. You are signaling to heaven, I am productive. Send me the provisions you have for me. Your work is not your source. So send it to me. I am being productive. Send it to me. I'm being productive. Send it to me. The very fact, you know, in this pandemic season for example, Some churches closed down. Some churches reduced the number of services they were doing. You know, somebody even said, you know, instead of you stressing yourself, why don't you just combine Ignite Church and House of Praise? After all, nobody's coming to church. Just preach one sermon. I said, no, they don't understand. If I go and preach only one sermon and say House of Praise and Ignite Church, it's now one service. Everybody join that one service. And let's do it. When we come back, we split back again. What that would mean? Then I go and, and lay down at home in bed. Or watching Man United versus Arsenal, then that's how the arsenal of the enemy will come and carry me away, <laughs> and there will be nothing united with me. So this, is <laughs> what we should understand: My, your hands have to find to do something. You must be active in your place of work. Hands must find to do something, even if it's ten dollars you're earning that I'm going to work is a signal to heaven. Heaven, I'm ready. The provision you had for me before the foundation of the earth, right now I want to see it. Make it available. Open me up to it. Open my eyes to see it. This is very important. Very important. Very important. Very, very important. So the first thing is thanksgiving. Second thing is giving. Third thing is, you know, work. If you are presently on welfare, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong if you are. In between jobs, okay, you're in between jobs, and you need to, you know, I mean, keep things rolling for a while, so that you don't f- fall through the cracks completely. Completely, great. Then you build on, your on welfare, your welfare, your welfare. That's all right. What I'm saying, don't make that your permanent state. One man was upset with me. You know, he left the church. Why? Because he came to me and told me he wanted to buy a house. I asked him what, what where are you working? He said, "President, it's not working." I said, "Okay." Somebody drives Uber. I said, "Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's that's okay if you drive Uber." So I said, "If you want to buy a house, the most important thing is not just the down payment; is the sustainability in terms of the co- total cost, okay, of sustenance of the house, your mortgage, your bills, lighting bill, property tax, heating bill, all of that, in a month." I said, "So." If all of that comes to $3,000 in a month, can you afford that? Is, uh, I said, so how much do you make in Uber? You don't need to tell me the details, but you're the one him for canceling. But if you don't want to tell me, I'm just giving you the pointers. How much do you make in Uber? You check it, write it down. Does it cover those? But you know, he went on and told me the details anyway. Uh, the amount he makes is not really going to be enough to meet whatever he has decided, you know, told me lot that time. So I said, how are you going to be able to do this anyway? Then he told me something I've never had in my life. He said, Well, you know, the government pays my wife, you know, she's on welfare, and we have this number of children. You know? so I won't mention the specific figure. So some people don't start figuring out who can by process of elimination, who can this person be? You know. He said, This number of children, he said, so the government pays X amount of money for each child. He said, So this will put the so in a month we get this amount of money. So he told me the amount of money they get totally for welfare in a month. He said he will use that as part of the mortgage i told him it might sound good because of people that are advised you in, you know in toronto i said but it's a baby that's the disaster compared to as long as as far as biblical principles are concerned i said and it's not sustainable of course they didn't like the idea the wife saw me the following sunday they didn't greet me because they want to buy a house with welfare <laughs> it's not right it's not right it's not right It is not right. What you have to understand is that the the, the, the provisions of heaven are unlocked in the place of work. In the place of work. It might not be from your present employer directly. I will have missed everything God wanted to give me. Okay? If I had not just done what I'm doing right now. When I started out, I wasn't earning anything. You know, today is very glamorous, right? People say, pastors today, and I, and I I thank God for the younger pastors that are coming up. Pastoring is glamorous for them. It's all on the internet, you know. The one that is you no know, the one that the wife is babbing his hair or cutting his hair, the one that is, you know, the one that is doing makeup for the wife, all manners of things are happening online. You know, it's all today now it's all glamorous. You know, it's all glamorous. It's all glamorous. The one that is cooking for his wife, the one that carries a placard and widens his eyes and writes on the placard that says, um, "You know, magic for magic, for my, my magical miracle, um, time for time in God, and calling for God, calling for." I mean, that is all crazy. But, but it's okay. Don't don't take my word for it. You know, this is the world we live in now. <laughs> this is the world we live in now. It's glamorous now. It, when, when we started out in ministry. There was no glamour in this thing at all another word for ministry when we started out was suffering was voluntary suffering that's it that's what ministry was you go and pick a paper fill the form and sign voluntary you know suffering for how long as long as they want me to suffer that was it so I did not earn a dime when I started out just doing the job full-time ministry and we just going to it and it didn't even occur to me it did not come to me until one day the leadership of the church met and said, "You know, this is what's going on. At this time, it's okay if you want to be a living sacrifice. That's all right with your own revelation. wrong with it. But we have noticed that your wife is pregnant. You cannot continue this way. Your wife is going to give birth soon." I said, "She's my wife. I married her. It's for better, for worse. She's with me." They said, "Listen to me. Listen." <laughs> and God bless those people. Look, great people. They are with us they are with us today and they said even if it's a token the church also wants to be blessed we want to see into your life that's the only way they could convince me so they said so and they were giving me a token and that was it but you know it's ama- the amazing thing and that's what really you know at the last time that's what really led to my financial uh, you know serious disaster that i entered into that time but what the point i want to bring out is that by just doing that you know god started opening doors for me he started opening doors for me Just by staying in the place of work, staying in the place of work, God started opening little little doors. It was in the midst of that, you know, in the midst of that, that Topsy's junior brother, one of one of our brothers, was getting married in Nigeria, and we had to travel in December, and we were late in making up our minds because we just didn't have the phone, and it was going to cost us about five thousand dollars for the whole trip. Ticket money and, you know, ticket money and, you know, welcome money when you get to Nigeria. You understand? (laughs) The object was going to be that. You know, I'm the first one, she's the first one. You know, you can't just come back. You've gone to America, London, Canada. You just show up and you say, they greet you. First five minutes is to greet you to, you know, hello, how are you? Do you need cold water? They give you cold water. You say, can I just have cold water? It's a bit hot. They, They run, they bring it to you. They're basically telling you all right, just calm down settle down settle your heart then after 10 15 minutes 20 minutes You're still not saying anything <laughs> Yes, and you're not saying ah my bags or something you know people are honoring you they're respecting you You know all of that. You're not moving. You're not giving eye signal. You're not doing anything ah. After about one hour you start saying they will start seeing people say ah, me. I will be leaving. No, I will see they the, the quickly start asking you, please, where are you going back? You've not even landed. They say, please, where are you going back? Come and carry your, take your trouble and start going back. Where are you going back? So we had to have to, We didn't have this money. So we took a step of faith. So we took a step of faith. This is where this book that I spoke about in the morning, Mountain Moving Faith, that's where that book became a very, very powerful, uh, you know, not just knowledge for us, I tank of autopsy she was so determined me I thought well if you we go we go you don't go we we'll stay here you know she, she said I'm going to Nigeria I said God Lord what kind of a woman is this she took that mountain movement field book I'm telling you she read that thing read it she must have read it I'm not exaggerating within the space of six weeks she must have read that thing about 10 or 15 times went through the whole book marked it i would just you know i would just see her speaking walking the walking you know you know walking around the house and declaring ah powerfully in the name of jesus according to the word of god i have the provision we have the provision to meet all of our needs we are going to nigeria we will not be put to shame satan take your hands off my money at one point i thought because at one point i thought maybe it was it was me she's talking to because sometimes when she's saying certain take your eyes of money perhaps she's not really looking she you know she's closing her eyes she's pointing towards me and you know i let another lesson there you know when you don't have money you think everybody's abusing you <laughs> when you when you don't have money anything anybody say well hey hello how are you good morning he says the way he's waving his hand he's telling me i'm nothing nobody's telling you you're nothing it's just it's your mind it's your mind it's you don't have when you don't have you interpret things wrongly. When Jesus said, Satan, take your hands over my own. I have to wait someone. I say, Ah, who is, uh, my name is Ah, what is going on? Is this woman calling me? <laughs> you know? She she was praying that one day, all of a sudden, she was exercising serious faith. One day, I'm telling you this. It was like it was like a movie out of a movie scene. A lady called us in the morning. I was dressed on my way to work. I wasn't earning anything. So there was nothing, there was not like a dollar, if not even a cent would come to me from the piece of work. I was on my way to work when a phone call came through. Hello, something, uh, something, something. I, 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 this person asked her, are you, are you going to be at home this afternoon? She said, yeah, I'm at home. I, you know, I'm at home. Then the person said, yesterday night I was praying. God spoke to me to bring something to you, to, give, to bring something to you. I woke up this morning. I said I was going to bring you when I see you in church. He said, "Well, when I woke up this morning, it was very heavy in my heart that I should bring it to you today." Ah. So Topsy called me, and you know, I had that phone call. I said, "Wow." So I went to work. You know, I was just thinking, who knows what she wants to bring? I don't know. I wasn't even thinking along those lines at all. Told me for Topsy to come in the afternoon and said, "Guess what?" I said, "What?" Well. She said, "The lady came in and brought five thousand dollars." I said, Are you keep kidding me now? Satan, take your hands off my money. <laughs> because who knows? Maybe they sleep more. Satan, you're a liar. My faith has grown now. You're a joker, Satan. You have to take your hands off my money. You know, I'm telling you true life story. You know, it's so amazing that she brought $5,000. She brought $5,000. We bought the ticket, we had some change. Then, you know, now that I've joined that in the prayer, because before I was just really looking at her half concentrated, half not concentrated. Now that I joined that, a friend of mine that was with me in Jesus House, London, suddenly called me and said, hey, you know what, I'm going to Nigeria. Perchance, are you going to be in Nigeria at all? Around this time, are you, for December, where are you? I said, "Yes, yeah, so I'm going to, I said, you know, this was 2002. I said, you know, that's my that 60th birthday on 20th of December, that year of that year. He said, wow, 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 that would be nice. He said, you know, I will show up there. Showed up at my dad's 60th birthday and did not show up alone. You understand? Did not show up alone. You should figure that part out. (laughs) Showed up, showed up, you know. Behaved very, very properly. All the way from London. You know, and gave me many things that had the picture of the queen on it. You know? So my point here is this, you know, you you should have to be doing something be doing something That's why that book is so important. That book is so important. You know, I, I, I spoke about it in the morning If you want to get it, you can get it on Amazon or all of that, you know, you know It will be a blessing a big blessing to you. And if you have a copy of it, go and read it again Okay, so Thanksgiving, make sure you're giving, make sure you're doing something You're diligent at work. And finally Finally, your mouth, the words of your mouth. You see, that one I have learned long ago. God's generous provision answers to the words of our mouth. Don't confess or speak your circumstances. Don't speak your situation, all right? Speak the word. As grievous as the situation might be, don't speak it. The temptation will be very strong, very strong. You know, very strong. You want to say, "I don't have," you know, "I don't, I don't know what I don't know. I don't think I can ever get out of debt. I don't. This debt will kill me." All those things. It's not Satan now holding you down. The words of your own mouth, they are now holding you down. Okay, if you can't say anything positive, so I don't feel like it's anything positive, but I'm tired, fantastic, then don't say anything. If you can't say anything positive, don't say anything. There were times when Jesus was silent. If you cannot say anything good into your own future at the time, don't say anything. Even when you want to feel bad, just don't say anything. Just say, at the very least it is well. Or just say, hmm, hmm. You know, it's important. Don't open your mouth and start saying things. I went for that interview, I don't know, no, no That interview, I didn't do well at all I'm not, I'm not sure, I don't think that I think that one is gone The interview was not gone until you said with your mouth It is gone Don't say anything Don't say anything How was the interview? Even if you have not done well, I was the interview? We, we've done that one, we've done it To God be glory Just so you have, When this thing was going on, people ask me how is, the, how is the project? Oh, how is the building? It's going on well It's going on well It's going on well if you were in the church at that time in 2019 2020 there was never one day i came to the church and i said things were not going well. i always came to the church and gave very powerful i always look for one positive thing and say it it's very important because what you are saying with your mouth what you're saying with your mouth so you keep on saying the right thing keep on saying the right thing keep on saying the right thing Keep on saying the right thing. With your mouth. Keep on saying the right thing. I know my God is a generous provider. I will not be stranded. God will not leave me stranded. He will never leave me nor forsake me. God is with me. I will not be put to shame. I have a wonderful future with a happy ending. Keep on declaring it. And as you keep on declaring it, God Almighty, he will see to you that the provision he has ordained for you reaches your hand in Jesus' name.